Welcome back, season three, episode five of uh, the Digital Twin Podcast. Your hosts, Hari and Omar. Today, we're going to be talking about the one of the I would say I would say more critical component within the the value chain, which is more on the outbound logistics. Right? You know, after we've we've finished making the product, you know, how are we you know handling? The delivery or getting the products and services out to the customer, right? And I think there's a lot of different methods, ways, types of products, you know, and all this ties back into customer experience, what the customers really expect. And as we know, we've been talking throughout the the seasons, is the expectations for customers constantly are evolving and changing. The expectations seems to be getting a little bit um, uh, raised. The bar seems to be constantly being raised, and um, forcing a lot of organizations to understand how they can re-transform the way they handle uh, their outbound logistics, right, Hari? So, you know, we welcome everyone back, and I think it's going to be an interesting one uh, from from our perspective. I mean, what do you see kind of what what you're looking at there, Hari, and and how people are are looking at this today? I I think you made a a great point about the the dramatic changes that's happening in the industry in fact a lot of it um much like what we see in other parts of uh the industrial segment for example uh driven by the consumer facing b2c customers that are driving the the digital transformation um you know for the rest of the industry to follow right you look at uh, an amazon uh, that has completely redefined uh outbound logistics and which is more visible to consumers, not not as much on their inbound. But uh, we expect uh, what we order immediately, if possible, by 5 p.m., if not by two days at worst, right? And beyond that, we can't stand, right? We just go find it someplace else. Um, And uh, they have driven other retail companies to do the same, uh, Walmart and uh, Costco, right? But, uh, you know, if you look at the the rest of the retail industry, you know, whether they're selling clothes, shoes, even areas where we thought this wasn't that easily possible, right? Uh, we now order things and then we return half of it. We order, you know, and, we, and I know people, uh, can't name them, but that order... Five, six pairs of shoes and return four, right? Or, that's you know. my wife. That's my wife. <laughs> I would add my wife to that list. <laughs> I don't know why. Just go to the store, right? Just go to the store. Why? Why are you bringing five different pairs? Of the, you know what scares can't... me is I wor- worry sometimes that we forget to return some of these, Turn them, and yeah. then you open the trunk one day and like, hey, five pairs of shoes. But you know that's a strategy, right? You would think that maybe <laughs> it's just like gift cards, right? You, you send them out there. Sometimes they use them, sometimes they don't. But it's a very good point because what you're really thinking about is the you're you're taking the time component, right? Your that time and the and the the convenience of being able to shop wherever you want and bring it to you as fast as you can, right? It's sourcing. Absolutely. Where is that material? How far is it away? I can tell you almost in a within an hourly daily it's yeah. with daily window for sure but people are bringing that hourly window you know the gold standard on can I get it within a certain hour 
Now, interestingly, right. some of the countries you know, outside of the U.S. don't really permit that sort of 30-day return policy, your order of five and the return three. Some of them are changing as Amazon goes to other countries. I think some of those policies are starting to change. They're influencing that. But, you know, what I was trying to get at was, honestly, this has changed the outbound logistics, right? This whole entire reverse logistics where, you know, you might have significant portion of what you're shipping out coming back. That's one complexity. The other complexity is people are returning it wherever they want, right? I order from the store, return via mail. I re- order via mail, return to the shop. I order in one one city, return in another city. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm doing whatever I want with it. And, and as a consumer, I expect that flexibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all of this just suddenly changed the equation for uh, B2C companies uh, in particular. But we're now seeing, as you and I talked before, you know, in, in the B2B space where, you know, where they expect the same exact expectations or, or in terms of timing, trackability, track and trace, you know, um, what am I getting? When am I getting? You know, how do I return this? And when do I see you know, that being returned in the system, you know, whether it's in dollars and cents or whether it's in, in quantities, right, credit, whatever, right? You know, it's interesting because if you had to buy five pairs, are you buying five or are you buying one or buying two, really, right, of the item? And you're buying really multiple quantities of the item, taking that inventory out, putting it into the customer and then bringing it back. And how do you take that inventory back? How long does that take? How does that affect accounting, yep. reporting? All, all these pieces are are in flux uh, yeah. constantly. And you know, like you said, some customers don't return things. They don't. So, so there might be a net gain there out might there be. for yeah. this behavior that's being cultivated in space. But doesn't it doesn't reduce complexity. Now, you, you, you have to doesn't. figure out when something comes out, comes back. That pair of shoes uh, that somebody's returning, right? Is that defective? Is that used? Is that new, never opened? Right? I mean, you got to still classify these into different things. I right? even see people saying, "Don't worry about shipping it back." They just ship you another they'll, one. They'll, yeah. they'll just they'll they'll write it off. They're like like because it's too I expensive to bring it back. Too expensive. Yeah. But maybe like you're saying, there's enough um, fluff in the system where. It's okay. We're providing a better customer experience. We're we're taking a few hits here or there, but you know what? It's worth it to keep keep this flow moving, right? Or it's, it's a disrupt. cost of yeah, or, or it's the cost business. of acquisition. Yeah, customer yeah. acquisition. Like in, you know, Uber spends significant amount of money to acquire just one customer, and they may be a similar strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's that. Those are some of the key behaviors that we're seeing, and I think um, when we start looking at Companies like you mentioned, Amazon and Walmart, um, those are kind of the exceptions, right? They are looking at how can they vertically integrate across all the logistics to get a higher touch point at the end. Where in reality, a lot of customers don't fall in that window, right? They have to outsource the uh, that last mile or whatever we want to call that that mm-hmm. logistics piece, right? Which are some of the bigger logistics players, you know, XPOs. You got the FedExes and the uh, the DHL. UPSs, DHLs of the world, right? So, in the environment that you just described, how you handle exchanges and returns, it, the outbound logistics 
organizations, the behavior that's being changed, they might be the recipients of multiple back and forth transactions and logistics because they're the they're almost like yeah. the, the middle men of the different doesn't matter which way it's going i'm getting it both ways and the, the their business have rapidly it's gone up which is why a company like yeah, yeah which is why a company like amazon is is now getting into that makes business. sense to vertically integrate right so but at, at there's there's a there's a break point there right and as you know you would even think Amazon might even get into this space just in general, if they've already built, if they're building out their ecosystems to tie into that. You would, you, I can kind of see, you know, them handling. Since they'll be really good at, at at some of the, you know, the logistics that we're talking about, returning back and forth, maybe warehousing them there, maybe to set them to discount, just retailer. How you handle all the product movement in and out to keep it flowing through the funnel, the system, right? Absolutely. Um, that's that's exciting stuff. I think there's a lot of uh, in the B two C world now. When we when we shift from B two C to B to B, I think what we see there is a little bit of a different approach in most cases, depending on the industries that you face. But I think what 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 I'm looking or what I'm seeing is 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 not so much we ordered the wrong thing or we wanted something different and we're going to send it back. Of uh, more so like hey. We'd like to make modifications or changes now that we've seen what we have. How does the logistics, you know, within that realm of the supply chain get affected to, to affect the overall customer experience? And I say that in a way where, you know, maybe things are changing as the product's moving, uh, requirements. How do you transfer that knowledge or that um, piece from the outbound into maybe a service arm of the organization, or if you really have to bring it back into the operations core to, to handle the product or service that you're doing. This is the the decision making that a lot of companies are yeah. trying to wrestle with, with where where does that line fit? And can I tool my service arm or my operations to be able to bring back that product yeah. to the answer may be that data, right? The data yeah data liquidity there because the reality is if you order something and it's not available you're most likely well your choices are one or two either you wait for that to become available and in stock ready for you to order or you're just going to go buy something else right so for most uh, businesses not having something in stock means you lose a customer you lose a sale and that's expensive so you have to weigh that against the cost of inventory and Correct. making the inventory available from wherever you produce it, right? So to your point, how you manage that upstream is going to be critical to maintaining that customer flow, right, and and, and the growth. Yeah, and I think it, it kind of ties, you know, we, we talk about this data layer, and it ties into ops as well, right, how you develop the product. Are you very rigid? And how you develop it, or is there flexibility in the product? And how do you handle that with the change in requirements of the customer, right? And how much customization is going on, right? If if is it standardized product, or do you have eighteen different variations of the yeah. same product, right? And and sometimes you can control that if you're not faced with a lot of competition in the in the space. But as more people jump into the space, you may be forced into competing in a way that you, your business model did not initially yep. uh, you had intended to, right? So 
how do you build these resilient models across the value chain to help with the outbound logistics to be able to meet the needs of the customer and be able to deliver that value, valuable customer service so you keep that customer coming back, right? You don't want them to get outside your, your realm. Stay in my realm. I want you here. So, And the delivery of, of the items, the logistics, how they get it, the service that they get with it once they have it is important. And how you bring that together and integrate that is, you know, through tracking programs to being able to understand the flexibility and conditions, the changing of the dynamics where your customers are located, whether you need inventory stored lo- locally available for clients because they're looking for this product in a, in a smaller time window, you know, whether it's across state lines, country lines, the export import documentation, how can you make that process more seamless? Um, you know, with, with the different, uh, pandemic rules that are going going on with different um, requirements from states to have uh, products being classified and and people coming into the country to service things things like that are really affecting the way we do business. But being on top of that and handling that in a more proactive way for customers seems to be a winning winning um, um, I guess formula for retention of your customer which is probably the most important thing right and um we don't want to lose sight of that because yeah. it's a trivial thing that we think that well, we just deliver something and people say i bought this and i'm going to get it on this date and everything in the middle of that just yeah it's an it's an abyss and we assume that everything is going to be a-okay right yeah so, so so we 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 broke it down a little bit we talked about the some of the value elements of you know and where where that value gets added for the from a customer perspective from a business perspective what are some of the technologies that are really at play that's kind of disruptive and 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 what's real right yeah there's a there's a lot of technologies out there really at the end of the day what you're really seeing value in is is data of available you know delivery of packages where your your locations are what facilities are being able to warehouse where can you store things so warehouse logistics outsourced a lot of these technologies are being cultivated outside of your day-to-day business in the value chain of your organization um, in some ways that's a it's a good thing other examples such as Amazon and Walmart where they have more skin in the game because they have a much more wider scale they're able to control that environment and be uh, maybe as you're saying be able to to time those windows um of when a when package a to to package uh b are being moved within a different route and have logistics and data analytics to be able to say yep we can probably deliver it here so i think from the technology point of view there's a lot of different pieces but visibility constant updating being able to stay on top of, of, of where things are, where they stand, and how things are being handed off to customers, I think is um, one piece of that visibility chart yeah. that helps <clears throat> customers plan, because really at the end of the day, they're planning around these these, these items and products typically. Um, the other aspect is you know the quality when things arrive, you know how quickly can you, you, you bring up issues and funnel that back into your your outbound logistics team or your service team to be able to handle um, issues that might arise, right? Whether it's yeah. a wrong component or a damaged component, things like that, right? So that chain, you know, it's almost like once it's delivered, it's not over, right? 
because a lot of people feel like it's over. But how how is there a system in place to be like, yeah, we've received it. How do you manage? See everything is working, functioning, and then tie that back into the system. Say, no, we need somebody out here. We need to bring this back. How do we handle that? What does that time look like? All these components uh, help an organization plan. And I think you know technologies around that are, are really developing quite rapidly, um, whether it's third party or brought in house. I mean, so what do you what do you think in, in in your in your realm when you when you see pieces? Yeah. So so one theme that I see developing is, you know, consumers want to know how something is produced. Mm. Um, where is it produced? Is it produced, uh, you know, in, you know, by being, you know, paying fair wages? It, what sort of components are be are being used? Are they, you know, uh, uh, renewable? Uh, you know, so there's there's all kinds of elements into that, and and there is also a demand for having visibility end to end, right from the beginning of, you know, what raw materials went into it, where did that come from, how was it made, where was it shipped, how was it shipped, how long was it in transit, when did it yeah. get to me? Now, for maybe uh, perishables, it's it's a little bit more important. Right, it, it, you know, how was it har- harvested? And is it organic? What was it produced? And how long did it take to get to me? Uh, but I see, you know, from purely from a technology perspective, just taking one level deeper, right? You see, uh, warehouse automation being a big, playing a big role now that massive, massive amounts of uh, products are being transacted. You see, robotics play a big role. You see, you know, you know where it's when it comes to the actual tracing or track and trace you mentioned like being mm-hmm. really understanding what's being what's being you know shipped and delivered right so that the track and trace element of it and then really once it, it's in transit where is it going to be is it going the wrong direction is it you know how long is it taking you know is it taking longer than usual and if there are perishables inside of a truck how do you track the the health of it you know temperature or the freezing te- you know if it's a freezer how's that maintained how many times was the door opened when the door was you know closed with the temperature dropped to a yeah. you know a below a threshold and that really what it comes down to it is when it actually gets to a customer is when the final test is, right? Is the customer happy? Did it get there on time? Or did it get it get to him or her in the right you know, way that was designed to be, whether it's food or not, right? And then really capturing that sentiment, that consumer sentiment, whether they express that through a social media channel or some other means, and then capturing that to really close the loop and better understand what really happened from yeah. the time the person placed an order and a pick and, picking and packing took place, right? Shipping took place, delivery yeah. took place, receipt took place, and maybe I returned yeah. it. How do you close the loop? Well, I think there's, you're, you're right. I mean, you got blockchain technologies that go from end to end, closing the loop. But I think that's very important. Right, especially the sentiment. Once you've delivered and you delivered on time, you've met customers' expectations. Mm-hmm. How at the end that it's delivered? That's what you matters. Check that KPI, yeah. and you know it's an automatic score of of, of your performance. At the end of the, the day, that is the only score that matters. That is the matter, right? An internal metric for the customer, but also maybe externally how your supplier performance is handling it. 
So it's a very it's a very interesting uh, piece of data that 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 um, maybe we don't look at 100 percent in a in a systematic way, um, but I think it's it's a it's a great. We'll get to a point, I think. Yeah, we'll get to a that, point. That, yeah, where everything becomes much more visible and much Absolutely. more. Uh, um, uh, but if, they, if the organizations are not working towards that, they should be thinking about how to do that end to end, right? Because yeah. that that's that would be the holy grail. Really, what it comes down to is what's your customer satisfaction rating? You know, what's their feeling about every, you know that entire experience? If you don't have a pulse on it, all the rest doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well. I'd like to thank everybody for joining on this uh, episode. Uh, you can catch us on the Digital Twin Podcast, Hari and Omar. Uh, we'll see you next next week on the – we are on the – what is it now? We, we are outbound. This is going to be – we're going to focus a little bit more on sales and marketing, on the value chain on that front. Some of the supporting and, uh, activities. And on that front. So uh, stay tuned and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Take care.